0: Coming to you from Final Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge in Ingalls, Indiana, Indiana's exclusive Aladino Cigar Lounge. It's the Final Third Podcast. Welcome back to the Final news Podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Isaiah. And we've got a special guest here with us today, Sean McBride, with Bardstown and Green River. Yeah, that's right. That's he pretty right. much is Bardstown Bourbon Company yeah. and Green River, as far as we're concerned. Exactly. Yeah, is, that's yes. all that matters.
1: You make sure the volume, can you make sure the volume on his microphone's good? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're, we're small circles, so I, I, that's fine. I can be your end-all be-all for Bargetown yeah. and Green River for this little neck of the woods. Absolutely. Totally. In the great Ingalls, Indiana.
0: Oh, yeah. The grand Ingalls, Indiana. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> I
2: love it. Well, today we're going to be, um, as we're tasting through a lot of the lineup from Bargetown and Green River, we're going to be smoking the Mildias uh, Marinitos, the 2023 edition We've got a bunch of these still available here. I I overbought big time, but that's for you guys. So you guys can have more of these and they're smoking fantastic. So we're going to smoke those on the show today. Yeah, I
0: guess we're sticking with the Sumatra wrapper theme across the board because the past... Everything new is Sumatra. Like four cigars that we've smoked on the show have all been Sumatra wrapper. Yeah. But if you don't know, this is basically the normal meal DS blend with a Sumatra wrapper. So uh, just darker and beefier and... Kind of a regular Mel Diaz turned up to 10, which we got to love. It's a good thing. It is a good it's thing. A very good thing. What are we
1: going to start out drinking today? Well, we're going to start off with some uh, weeded bourbon from Green River Distilling Company it's in uh, a little bit lower proof at 90 proof. So we're going to kind of ease into this uh, scenario here because we do have. Uh, looks like six different bourbons for us to try. Today. So uh, we don't want to be slurring our words by the end of this podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah. So Rob's already lighting up his cigar.
2: Yeah, I figured we'd go ahead and get started. We're, I mean, this is not going to be a, a pairing review today with so many whiskeys, so we're just going to be smoking it. And if you have anything you want to chat about the whiskey or the cigar, we can. But really, it's going to be about talking about the whiskey today which is not a
0: bad day. No, no it's, it's not. N- not a bad day at all. On the cold draw of this cigar for me, it was uh, like kind of cereal grains and uh, cinnamon. So just really, really nice. Nice.
1: Oh, you and said we life. weren't pairing, but that's actually going to be a really good pair with this weeded bourbon. I've actually yeah.
0: found that most weeders go well with bourbons.
1: Absolutely. Or go well with cigars, so. So
2: the first one we're here is
1: this is Green River's weeded bourbon. This okay. is a 71% or 70% corn, 21% wheat, 9% malted barley mash bill at 90 proof. Um, it is uh, a non-age statement, but uh, just about everything in here is five to six years old. Okay. And this blend, um, all of course, same mash bill. Uh, like I just stated, drinking really, really nice right now. Good. The sweet wheat really comes out in it, and um, it's going to play well with these smokes, I think. Awesome. Doing a
0: lighter. I would love what I do is spin that, and there you go. Beauty. So on the nose for, uh, for this, for me, it's like some uh, rich brown sugars, um, a little bit of cinnamon in there. Really, and nice that and could bright. be from uh, retrohaling the cigar too. That I'm getting a little bit of spice. But,
1: it's definitely um, got that really nice bright note to it, which I like. One thing we typically will kind of taste with this as we're doing sensory experiments and things like that are butterscotch chips like you would put in a butterscotch cookie oh i could see that Uh, yeah absolutely it's uh really shines through and that's some of the sweet aromatics from the oak aging playing with this really really beautifully clean weeded mash bill distillate yeah no i could see that for sure
0: it is really nice gentle on the palate. um yeah brighter tasting notes yeah yeah absolutely Uh, just kind of
2: Kinda of refreshing actually. It's really a really good way to start because we tend to be proof hounds. So it's nice to start with something a little bit lower proof to get our palates acclimated, too.
0: So tell us about yourself. When you're not in Ingalls, Indiana, being both Bardstown Bourbon Company and Green River, who are you and what do you do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh well so uh basically regional manager for the company. I manage uh, the business in Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, and we're gonna be uh, starting distribution up in Pennsylvania here very soon. Uh, We, uh, as a company, are in uh, about 25 markets, soon to be expanding to around 30 by the end of 2024, and then hopefully across the country uh, to fill in all the gaps uh, by the end of 2025. We just started Distributing our products internationally. So uh, we hope to be a global brand, uh, both on Bartstown and Green River uh, in the very near future. So we just uh, shipped our few pallets to England and Australia this year, which was really cool. Wow. Um, being one of, the, one of the guys that was on board from the very beginning of this brand's launch to where we're seeing our products in foreign countries. It's That's amazing. Really, really neat.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. So
0: you've been on since the beginning with Bardstown? Yeah. Nice. So how Absolutely. long ago is has that... And what were you originally doing, or was it this same position?
1: It was not. Uh, it's been a pretty big development for me. So uh, my nutshell in the past, it's kind of ironic that we're sitting here, because I went to high school just down the road at Mount Vernon High School oh, uh, wow. in Fortville, Indiana. That's so, right. So, I and, forgot about that. I think you guys are... Quite literally, maybe one city block outside of Fortville. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. um, uh, so, from this area, grew up out in uh, Hancock County, Indiana, and um, then um, I uh, went to college at Indiana University, Purdue University. Was in the restaurant business for about seventeen years, and then I, um, up until I owned my own restaurant. And uh, when I closed my restaurant, I went into the alcohol business where I've been for the past 10, 11 years now, in, uh, specifically in whiskey for about 10 of those years. Wow. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome.
0: So you're just a connoisseur of all things flavor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, uh, I like to think that I've got some chops. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. yeah.
0: That's awesome.
2: So is that, so? 10 years ago is when Bardstown started no about
1: 10 years ago i worked for some other companies that will remain nameless until 2019 was when i came on board for bartstown that's when we launched our brand we've been distilling since 2016. okay Um, and you'll get we'll get more to that story as we kind of move on down the line of whiskey's here good deal but the um, brand itself launched in only six states in 2019 indiana being one of the first okay Very good.
2: I actually got a barrel pick um, from Market District. And I know we're talking about Green River now, but we'll get into it. (laughs) But I did get a barrel pick from them of a Bardstown, and it was delicious. It's still up there with one of the best Bardstowns I've ever had. And they did a really
1: nice job on their picks. Good. I'm glad you liked it. That is one thing that we're slowly releasing across the country is our single barrel selections for... For private selections. And um that's uh both Bardstown and Green River Distilling Company. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Well, good deal. Sorry about that. No, I'm I'm working on getting a dump glass because I still have work today.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Isaiah didn't tell you he's a pastor too, so he's gotta go back to church. (laughs) Well God bless you. (laughs) He is. Well, good deal. Good deal. Yes. Well, okay, so, um,
1: so we can move keep on going from on. the wheat yeah, uh, yep. bourbon going into some uh, high rye bourbon now. Uh, we're just going to flip that flavor grain from wheat to rye now. So 21% mm-hmm. high rye Mashville bourbon here at awesome. the same proof at 90 proof as well. Are Isaiah's there any rye uh, rye rye higher
0: rye. proof offerings coming out from Green River currently uh, within your own
1: label? Well, our single barrels are bottled at 119 proof, and um, we're still under development with some other things. This is a very young brand. We reintroduced this brand uh, just uh, in uh, 2022 was when we started reintroducing it uh, and uh, launched uh, in all of our Bardstown Bourbon Company states. So so all 25 states also has Green River now just this year.
0: Hmm. This, yeah, I think the uh, first
1: place
2: I saw it was down here at um Elite. Elite. They had a I don't yeah. know if it was a pick or if it
1: was just the regular. I think it relief. was just the standard. Yeah. Yeah. It is just the standard. There haven't been very many of the single barrels hit the gotcha. market yet. Okay. Uh, just a couple uh in Indiana. There'll be some more that filter in through the end of the year.
0: So uh you guys That's recently nice. acquired um Green River. Hmm? What has that been like? And it's kind of it was kind of a, I don't know about a historic brand, but with the Dant name behind it, which is what it you who used to be behind it. Like, it, what has changed there since the uh, acquisition of uh, of Green River by Bardstown Bourbon Company? Or do you know?
1: Well, I absolutely I can uh, tell you a lot about the history of Green River, uh, the brand is pre-Prohibition brand started by John J. McCullough and then, of course, as you mentioned later, owned by the Dant family. The distillery itself has uh, had been moved from its original spot in Owensboro and just kind of up the road a little bit to a more um, production-friendly uh, mm-hmm. facility, not quite as close to the river, a little bit larger plotter of land, and uh, has seen a lot of ups and downs, closed down through Prohibition, reopened, closed again. Uh, When the property was uh, starting to be renovated after going derelict, uh, it um, had, um, gosh, several of the buildings had collapsed and everything. So the building was brought up and and reestablished by the prior company, and we took over in 2022 and uh it has been a really fantastic integration of our two teams and uh we have a a new master distiller on the green river side uh aaron who has been absolutely wonderful and uh i don't he he honestly is such a humble guy he doesn't even like to hold the (laughs) master distiller kind of uh, um, jargon when it comes to talking about what he does he's just another one of the guys Uh, putting together some great whiskeys. The brand uh, has uh, seen a lot of changes since we took over, for sure, as far as uh, just the marketing and the awareness of the brand. And uh, the quality is still what the original quality of Green River was when they reintroduced it. Their distillate is absolutely amazing. It comes off of a really... Beautiful Vendome column still is the third largest column still in the state of Kentucky.
0: Wow. So uh, probably beat out by Heaven Hill and Bardstown Bourbon Company.
1: <laughs> uh, well, no, but the stills at Bardstown aren't quite the biggest yeah. uh, by any means. We do pump out a lot of uh, distillate, not just for ourselves, but for lots of partner brands at mm-hmm. Bardstown Bourbon Company and we do a lot of contract stuff at Green River um but the only there's only a couple of stills that are uh, that are bigger and um they are um, in neighboring distilleries in Bardstown <laughs> okay yeah nice yeah well that's cool
0: um it is uh, really interesting to see the Green River brand become Well, it seems like a household name if you're in the whiskey community since your acquisition. Really uh, quick, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, they kind of came to the market really quickly. And we've even seen a lot of the places that are sourcing getting more of their product. And that's also been an interesting way to try uh, some of the Green River distillate. Have you guys changed the mash bills or are you sticking with what... I'm sure you're doing contract distillation, and there's a million mash bills that run on that still. But as far as the Green River brand, are you guys sticking to the same mash bills that they had been producing there?
1: Yes, absolutely. The 21% weeded rye mash bill is what the brand was reestablished with. Um, And it is absolutely phenomenal. It's more of a, I believe, traditional yeah. style of bourbon as opposed to, with Bartstown, we have that juxtaposition with Bartstown where we are definitely a more modern, very fluid company when it comes to making our bourbons at Bartstown and a little bit more steeped in tradition with mm-hmm. Green River. So the, the pair is really nice.
0: Yeah, that's great. So uh, when are we going to see an Amberana finish? That's a joke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> please don't. Yeah, please don't.
0: Everybody's doing it.
1: Well, I hate Ambrana. So yeah. It's like, it's more of a running joke on here. There's uh, there's all kinds of uh, things that we have in New Are you Prada, guys playing with Prada. finishing? Uh, you got well, to in this market. Bartstown Bardstown, we've been finishing stuff yeah. since the very conception of our brand. We have a line of whiskeys called the Collaboration Series in which we trade barrels uh, or have Custom Barrels made by another distillery, brewery, winery, or as with Custom Barrels, a Cooperage, uh, which we have done recently. Yeah. So the finishing uh, in, uh, for example, in 2022, we won the double gold best in class at San Francisco Wine and Spirits competition with our Chateau de la Bode um, Armagnac finished.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Which that's bourbon. a fantastic
1: bottle. It Absolutely. is.
0: Absolutely. Um, Get I think, your hands on it. I think that's my uh, second favorite. Well, the original one mm-hmm. I loved. Um, but the other one that came from uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company that I was just shocked and impressed by was the triple blended stave finish. Um, which I, if I'm... I'm pretty sure it was a distillery-only release.
1: It was least a distillery-only yeah. release, yes, that's right. And we actually had it on the fill-your-own-bottle line as well out in Rickhouse A. The triple stave finish was a really fun experiment, uh, took a lot of very technical blending in order to get it absolutely perfect. And uh, it is super super complex yeah. because of that, but it is one of the more unique and more complex bourbons. that yeah. you can possibly. It's fantastic.
2: Find. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Well, good deal. Well, let's jump into the Bardstown's. All right. Which, so, first of all, those two are really nice. Yeah. Um, that this one is it's a weeded bourbon, correct? That's is that a, one I'm right.
1: The second one we had was the high rye bourbon. The very high rye bourbon was,
2: was the weeded, weeded bourbon. bourbon.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to take us over here and start. Back, we're going to go back to wheat and uh, taste our bottle and bond. So this one has been the one that's been pretty sought after since we released. Uh, this is part of our origin series, which we released in January of this year. And this is our first release of 100% estate distilled and bottled products. So this wow. is a six-year-old 20% weeded mash bill bourbon at... 100 proof, of course, because it's bottle and bond. I actually haven't tried this yet. I haven't tried. I don't think I've tried either of the Origin Series. So the Origin Series bottle and bond is the one that's probably the hardest to find of the Origin Series for the time being, just because of the nature of being a bottle and bond, how I'll have to being distilled in the same distilling season and be able to blend uh, cohesively, for so sure. So you're telling me it's allocated
0: based on how much you can produce?
1: It is not allocated. <laughs> it's just, uh, well, I guess you could put it that way, allocated based on how much we produce. Yes, We yeah. uh, sometimes we're bourbon rich. Sometimes we're bourbon poor when it comes to the bottle of bun. But that all gets cleared up in 2025 when uh, we'll be able to, uh, in my line of business, we say uh, stack them high and let them fly kind of <laughs> stuff. So good. It's got
2: a
0: nice little caramelly finish on that one. Well, even on the nose. The nose is uh, sweet, too. Yeah. I mean, you can tell it's a little bit proofier on the nose, but it has a lot of those caramel, a lot of that brown sugar. And there's mm-hmm. almost a... Uh, it... it Reminds me, in the scotchy world, you'd say it's more uh, salty, but there is that slight, like, sea air
1: thing on the nose. Kind of a salinity to it. Yeah. Yeah, so I get that a a, a lot. And I think maybe the reasons for that, if you kind of dive into it a little bit, one of the components you're going to pick up in the bottle and bond is stone fruit. um, And that is basically lends itself from that weeded mash bill, right? So with a weeder, you're going to have some sweeter uh, characteristics in any time you put together a weeded mash bill. But in this 20% weeded mash bill, it really comes out as kind of being a, a dried peach or almost like a dried apricot kind of sweetness that comes across. Mm-hmm. But then you also, you're going to, be blending in all those aromatics from that six years in oak, which really is the sweet spot, that six-year spot. So those putting those two combinations together, for me, it's kind of like anytime you're putting something like salty and sweet together at the same time, you know, it has that really kind of mouthwatering component to it and really just invites you to take another sip.
0: It's definitely mouthwatering, unlike some of the whiskeys we've tried lately.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, this is actually really nice. I like the way it fills on the palate. The and I get that apricot definitely in there on the flavors. Um, I still get that kind of a caramely finish, which I like. I love I love that caramely finish, which I don't I don't always get that with the weeded
1: mash bills.
0: It's got a uh, really great rich mouthfeel for mm-hmm. something that's bottled in pond, too. So,
1: certainly, I think that's that that's six years of age. Yeah, our Rick houses tend to mature whiskey on the quicker side of things okay. our oage in our barrels after six years is usually only anywhere from fifty to sixty percent mm. uh, olage. so we're we're losing a lot to the angels so to speak uh, in our Rick houses, but it's really providing us with a some great concentration of flavor yeah.
0: so are you guys playing around with any techniques to be able to age something longer? Well, that you could talk about but there's i know like starlight um in southern indiana they built a rick house that's partially underground so that you can kind of do the seller thing and not have as high of a, supposedly not have as high as angel share and then you come out with stuff like the makers mark seller seller age where that did go into a seller after
1: that six year mark just so they could reach that age statement you know Sure, and those are all wonderful ideas. Uh, it's just something that we have not really considered at this point. Yeah, but as I mentioned before, we're very fluid and very modern about our uh, all of our processes. So that could be something that's in the future. We just yeah, we don't know. Oh, good. <laughs> well, good deal, ma'am. This is this is nice.
2: Um, I'm not a weeder guy. And I really enjoy You're this. You're becoming a weed guy. I'm becoming. There, yeah. There's finally some releases out there that are better than Weller. I mean, I'll say, I mean, I know a lot of people love Weller. I just don't like the Weller flavor profile. It is what it is. You heard it here, everybody. Better than Weller. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I don't know. Just, And, and I, you know, I probably haven't had a lot of the higher end Wellers and stuff like that. But. You
0: did have, I the, did highest have the highest in with,
2: yeah. which was freaking delicious, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh, no, I mean, you typically don't like any of any wheat whiskeys more than younger, on.
2: younger wheat whiskey, any of the makers I'm you've been out on, even, even
0: the uh special release, yeah. Um, but yeah, one antique 107, he's not a fan of, no special no. reserve is not his thing. Um so I'm I'm glad you're finally recently. turning to the to the dark side. <laughs> Good stuff. I like it. There's uh cause the weeded bourbons, more often than not, will do the caramely thing that you want. Like I know. They're just so much most of the ones they don't I have don't any like real spice other the uh, Innate spice, um, the spice that they do have typically comes from the well, barrel. What's the age on
2: this? Is it straight at four or cheers. six? Okay. So I feel like some of the ones that may be a little bit closer to that four-year four mark, they just taste too much like you just put a piece of wheat in your mouth and chew on it. It's just drying, and it's yeah. over wheaty. These, I feel like, balance out with a little bit more age. Maybe that's what it is. The age is what I'm liking.
0: And it's a pretty high corn content on this one, isn't it? Or
1: I guess well, I the can... the so all of our mash bills are always on the side of the bottles of everything Bartstown. You're going to be able to see complete transparency. That's oh, cool. Part yeah. of our mantra. So, as you can see on here,
0: uh, we've got 68% corn, 20% go. wheat, and 12% malted barley. So that's actually a pretty high barley content. It is. So that makes there. it
2: that nice creaminess. Because um, a too. lot
0: of a lot of places will throw malted barley in their mash bill because they have to, and they'll be like, yeah, 2%. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, yeah.
0: And and that's because you need the en- enzymes for uh, the mashing and fermenting process.
1: Yeah, barley does have that; those amylase enzymes that really help, especially if you're using, in contrast, uh, a high rye bourbon, right? has no amylase yeah. uh, present, so you have to have some malted barley in there. Um, and then there's other ways to give your your bourbon, your uh, enzymes you can inoculate, uh, which we do quite yeah. frequently. Yeah,
0: there's quite a few producers in Indiana that do pitch enzymes instead of using malted barley. Some of the more grain-to-glass, or at least supposed grain-to-glass places around here will pitch enzymes, and there's nothing wrong with that either.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, at the end of the day, you're wanting a, quality, a clean and quality distillate to come off the still and then you're really just wanting some quality cooperage to mature and let your bourbon go to sleep and uh, have a nice rest before it gets put in a bottle. That's uh, the so, story uh, for the end of the day. So what
0: cooperages are you guys working with? Because I imagine there's more than
1: one, or is there so many? There, There's a lot. I think the majority of our barrels, well I know the majority of our barrels come from Independence Day, Okay, out of Lebanon, Kentucky and um, they just doing a magnificent job. And if you're down in bourbon country and you're in that area, I highly recommend taking a tour of their facility. Mm -hmm. It's uh, pretty um, awe striking. Yeah. It's a really neat facility, really neat process, watching people make barrels, raising barrels.
2: Yeah.
0: That's one thing that I've never done. I've done a lot of the bourbon tourism and barrel picking, but I don't think I've ever gone to a cooperage, which would be a fun thing to do. We should do that. We should take a road trip. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. It's not that far.
2: It's yeah. a day trip.
0: Exactly. Yeah, oh yeah.
2: Absolutely. And probably needs to be like a three or four day trip. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: so we're always happy to have visitors for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: I'd love to come by and see. I've not been down... Um, to the new the new building yet, so I've been wanting to
1: get down there to see the new place. We're gonna have to fix that then. Yes, yeah. uh, one of the most uh, modern and um, absolutely just kind of astounding destinations on the bourbon trail. Yeah, uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company for sure. So. You're going to go from some distilleries that are just steeped in tradition where, you know, you might pull into a gravel drive going up to the tasting room. Uh, Whereas when you come to our facility, uh, it is a beautiful, pristine, it looks more and feels more like a Napa Valley experience. And that's kind of what we've coined ourselves as is the Napa Valley experience of the bourbon trail.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, what are the uh, must dos if going to Bardstown Bourbon Company? Well, You're planning the perfect day for somebody who's it that it, it's their first time to ever
1: go there. So, I uh, funny you mentioned that because I have a, an entire day planned out for people when they come to visit us. So, you can come in, get into Bardstown, jump on the first tour, the Distill It to Barrel Tour at 10 o'clock and that's gonna walk you through the entire facility. You're gonna have a classroom portion that's gonna teach you about how we get to the barrel. And then we're gonna walk around the facility, you're gonna see all the production spots, completely transparent. You're gonna get to see whatever mash bill's cooking in and who it's for, if it's not for us. And then you'll go out to the rickhouses. Our rickhouses are very modern rickhouses, but they're barrel storage warehouses. And you'll uh, go out there and you get to thieve right out of a barrel. That's your last uh, portion of the tour is thieving directly from one of our single barrels out there, getting to taste that. Then I always recommend having lunch at our Bardstown Bourbon Company Kitchen and Bar. Absolutely the best food in Bardstown. And rivals some of the best restaurants in all of Kentucky and in Louisville proper for sure. Sounds like we need to go. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, delicious kind of fusion of uh, American Nouveau and that uh, great kind of southern style Midwestern food that Kentucky's certainly known for. Nice. I mean, you're gonna find pimento cheese on the menu at Mm -hmm. some point, and Brussels sprouts, and fried green tomatoes. Mm. But then you're also going to have the ability to order a New York strip, a very beautiful salmon dish, some pastas, and things of that nature. So a little bit of a Creole influence in some of the food, too. So really, really fantastic menu in uh, the kitchen and bar at Bardstown Bourbon Company. And then after that, you can adjourn to the beautiful patio if it's not raining, cats and dogs like (laughs) it is today. And uh, we actually have a cigar collaboration that um, one of uh, my former teammates and now colleague, Ron Miles, helped put together, uh, which is a collaboration we did with Alec and Bradley. And um, so we have our own cigar, Bardstown Bourbon Company Cigar. Uh, So you could have one of those out on the patio, maybe enjoy a game of bocce ball or cornhole, get a cocktail from the outdoor bar. And then after that's finished, if you still got a little gas in your tank, you can sign up for a cocktail class that we have. And we normally have those around two and four o'clock in the afternoon. And you'll go out to our Rick House bar, which is called Pete's Place in honor of our late founder, Pete Lofton. And uh, in Pete's place, it's this gorgeous bar lounge setting that's very, very swanky. A lot of the influence for the decor of this lounge comes from the Versace mansion that Peter himself at one point in time owned, mm. and um, it is a fantastic cocktail class. You it's interactive. So you actually make the cocktails yourself oh, fun! sitting up there with one of our mixologists or bar leads that are at Bartstown bourbon company. And those are just a few of the different experiences that we have available. I believe in total now we have around nine different visitors experiences that you can actually sign up for online. Our website is, um, very very comprehensive if you go to bartstownurban.com and um, you can jump on there and book uh, anything you want I just recommend to everybody always plan ahead yeah. some of these things may be booked 60 days out yeah so plan ahead because we want you to come that's awesome yeah I, we're definitely
2: set set a time to come out there For now are you guys open seven days a week
1: So we're open for tours Wednesday through Sunday. Okay. So Mondays and Tuesdays we don't do any tours, and the restaurant's not open. Um, We uh, we are still (laughs) we are still doing business though. Yeah. yeah, Uh, yeah. It's like uh, what's the old saying? We're like Seven Eleven, not always open, but always doing business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta have some days where there's not a bunch of tourists
0: running through there doing stuff, get things done too. I get that. Yeah, production days are definitely important. But I I had heard amazing things about the the restaurant there. And uh, don't you guys have a pretty significant bar as well? Uh, I had seen kind of a bottle library, it looks like, at Bardstown Bourbon Company.
1: So, yeah, those are actually two different things that you're talking about. So the bar itself, yes extensive selection of and it's um, not just your stuff no it's not just our stuff we actually were able to procure the first on-premise three-way license for a distillery in the state of Kentucky Mm. so we serve anything and everything brown goods we can get our hands on there including a vast selection of oak-aged rums and and uh Uh, and things of that nature as well. Um, A very wonderful, well-thought cocktail list that you can order from there at the bar, at the Bardstown Bourbon Company Kitchen and Bar. We also have our vintage library, which was kind of part two of what you were mentioning. So the vintage library is a, a, a separate component of the visitor's experience. And we have over 400 dusties, as I like to call them, yep. <laughs> um, but vintage bourbons uh, that are on display and for purchase by the drink in the vintage library.
2: Nice. That's awesome.
1: That's what we need to do is do a show down there.
2: Cause we, we have a, it's not really a segment, but it's becoming a segment it's where we're bringing a... out, you know, dusty pours. And he's had everything from a 1942 wild turkey Was it a wild turkey?
0: No, that was an old crow bottle. Old, old crow, old
2: yeah. crow. To some, you know, mid-80s, you know, old wild turkeys and yeah. some stuff like that we've been playing with. And it's been
0: a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it it is as much as the new bourbons are fun to try and, uh, and, and see, going back in time and seeing where we came from, like where all these dis- distillers got their ideas from and what your grandparents probably drank or at least yeah. my grandparents probably Rob's stepdad, (laughs) Um, but yeah, just just seeing, seeing what was available back then and what it tasted like, it's, it is a really cool experience and I'd recommend it to anybody going down in Kentucky is really one of the only places that you can find uh, places that can sell uh, vintage whiskeys and and by the poor around here, you've got to know somebody who knows somebody right? And I happen to know quite a few somebodies, but that's the only way that I'm able to get some of this stuff. Our wonderful new table is brought to you by Deadwood Live. That's D-E-D Wood Live. Go check them out on Facebook and see what Derek can do for you. From bars to tabletops to a giant podcast table, they specialize in making super high quality furniture from Live Edge Woods and reused barrels so reach out to them on facebook and see what they can do for you yeah
2: well and you know and maybe you have some insight on this this is just my my idea my thought i feel like you know like some of the old stuff that we tried i felt like it was softer had really good flavor on it very very clean because the bottles that he was able to procure were most of them most of them one of them was super cloudy yeah um, but I feel like it's, it's uh, maybe it's just the, the water was a little cleaner back then. The, you weren't having any any chemicals or anything on the on the crops, stuff like that. I just wonder how much of that goes into some of those old dusties compared to what we're getting now. Do you have any insight on that, that's, or
1: uh, I mean, that's an interesting thought for sure um, because the processes have been refined a lot, and we do have. You know, nature has been um, has evolved from right. what we as humans have uh, have done in the past uh, couple hundred years. So um, there's going to be some differences for sure. Sure, I, I think uh, what we focus on now is uh, quality and consistency, and being able to deliver that long term. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, whereas that really wasn't necessarily the case. Um, you, you got a little more consistency when the sour mash process was developed. Uh, but the really early days when all you, they were doing was sweet matching, uh, there, it's a new batch. Every time you're going, you can't really deliver that uh, consistency from your previous batch into your, your next batch. Yeah. Um, because they weren't using back set. Um, for, That's for a good a point. point.
0: Well, and the other thing is, is post-prohibition, like bourbon and whiskey in general was not popular. Uh, people, it was uh, brought back again with drinking with clear spirits. And that was, that was an easy way to get people back into it. Um, so you had a lot of older companies putting stuff into decanters just to sell it. It, there was nothing special about this limited edition decanter. No, they were just trying to get somebody to buy this goose shaped beam. Yeah. You know, yeah. or, uh, now I have an old beam decanter that was uh, for a chili cook off in 1971. And it's like, <laughs> why? I don't know. It t- tastes good though. Like, yeah, <laughs> sure.
1: You know, sure. That beam, uh, 100 month, there's all kinds yeah. of, uh, Decorative decanters out there. We have a whole slew of decorative decanters at in the vintage library that uh, you can actually get pours from. So, uh, a brand, actually, that you mentioned before, yeah. the Doc Crow, we yeah. have a complete uh, set of the, the Chessmen. Chessmen. Yeah. And, oh, wow. And uh, in the distillery. So on display, we have backups of all the bottles as well. Uh, we even were able to come across the old chessboard that they would give you oh, if that's you awesome. collected the yeah. whole spot. Um, we don't bring it out very often for people. Uh, there's rumors that it might have asbestos in it. So, yeah. you know. Oh. Yeah. That's um, one of those I'm sure it does. Yeah. It is definitely a museum uh, piece for That's sure. awesome. No, the,
0: the old crow men are just fantastic looking. One, they're mildly phallic in shape, but... <laughs> pretty cool that's looking. It is the one Will has, right? It is the one yeah. Will has. Yeah. They're really cool and uh the liquid inside of there. If you get a clean one that hasn't had a bunch of oxida- oxidation or uh or really has not um dripped down past where it should, had too much exposure, oh, they're fantastic. You. It is some of um well, it's some of the most collectible uh dusty whiskey and yeah. that's for sure. That and uh, some of the old old Forester stuff, but I have not had the pleasure to try any old Forester stuff. But I'm sure I could it. It uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company it would surprise me if you didn't have.
1: Oh, there's there's quite a few bottles. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, both, both the, the old forester and the Doc Crows yeah. and. Uh, The old Weller stuff and Bartons and uh, yeah, you can get a little bit of, uh, or actually a lot of bit of all those very historic brands. I would really, really challenge any of those to taste quite as good as what we're sipping on right now. So what I just poured you uh, was voted best whiskey in the world, international wine and spirits competition uh in the recent competition. So uh got most outstanding award. This is our 36% percent high rye bourbon. Uh this is the origin series bourbon. Uh six years old. Absolutely that's delicious. Nice. It's got some big cocoa nib, dried cherries. And, uh, and only oh. 96 proof,
2: which is awesome.
1: Absolutely.
2: I, I say only. I know that's that's more of a higher proof back you know, a couple of years ago, but that's that's beautiful.
1: But it's not a high enough proof that it's going to set you back with, no. with just one. This is something nope. that you can enjoy a couple pours of over a night, over a couple of cigars. It makes a really mean cocktail as well. Um, and it's at a price point that is uh, attainable. You know, at a $45 bottle of bourbon, that is was voted the best bourbon in the world. You really can't beat that, and it's readily available. Well, yeah. that's a
2: good thing maybe we, we should talk about, too. What are the price points on Green River versus
1: these two so far that we've so, gone through? So our Green River bourbons that are our shelf product, our core line, uh, with the weeded bourbon and the high rye bourbon, are both going to be thirty four ninety nine SRP.
2: Awesome. That is that's a great price story. That is. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. We are really looking for... Bars and restaurants to partner with us for this to be their house pour, for this to be their cocktail bourbon. Uh, it's wonderful when it's neat on its own or you put a couple cubes in it, uh, but really, Green River makes great cocktails. Bartstown Bourbon Company Origin Series, also great for cocktails, a little bit more elevated in the complexity of some of these bourbons especially with that Origins high rye bourbon, that 36% high rye. Absolutely delicious. Um, Hands down, not being uh, subjective at all, my favorite bourbon on the market right now. This
0: uh, this high rye origin is... That does it for me. Like I'm a big rye fan, of course. But I'll, it's
2: not like overly your medicinal mm, rye. you no, but like, it's,
0: it's really balanced. It well. is really balanced well. But there's still that rye presence in there that kind of tames the sweetness for me that I enjoy. But yeah. it's also because he
2: he tends to be on the those, the medicinal rye leanings, where I'm more on the sweeter bourbons. This is a perfect balance for both of us. We can both drink this and enjoy it. Well, Rob
0: and I get along on picks because he'll pick the sweetest thing possible, and I'll pick the spiciest thing. And the thing that we can agree on is just like mass market. Yep, exactly.
2: Yep. (laughs) Yeah, that's really nice. That one is one of the better balanced.
1: And this is the mash bill that is popping up out there in single barrel selections as mm, well. Okay. So right now we're offering You know, that
2: might be, I think that is the one I got from... um, from our district, district, it would be a thirty-six percent high rise. I think it was, uh, although it was um, it was a barrel proof. Yes. Yours was okay. okay. So
0: uh, I heard that you guys had done something cool before your uh, before your whiskey was ready to go out the door, and you had let barrel picking groups come in and basically pick a barrel, knowing that it was going to be two three years. Before sure. it was ever interesting, yeah. You're talking uh,
1: about our futures barrel program, yeah. So, when we launched our brand, we launched with uh, what's called our fusion series. The fusion series is on the shelves right now. It is in its last iteration for the foreseeable future. In the ninth edition of the fusion series, but what we did Which with the, the fusion, fusion
0: series is the
1: blue label. Blue label, correct. Yeah. Um, retails for about sixty four ninety nine. Uh, what we did with that was we used 70% of our younger mattress, uh which in the last iteration of the Fusion series, it's two four-year-old bourbons. And then we blended in 30% of some older source product that we were able to mm-hmm. acquire. And that was how we chose to introduce our bourbon to the world. Instead of putting out a two-year-old bourbon or even a four-year-old bourbon, our master distiller, Steve Nally, uh, who kind of came to fame with Maker's Mark, he was there for 30 plus years, went on to uh, design and open Wyoming whiskey, and then we brought him out of retirement after that <laughs> to come design our distillery and, um, and guide our, our distillation process. Uh, and Steve insisted that our origin series not be released until it's six years old. So that being said, Blending was the way. So that's to go. a very maker's
0: mark number too.
1: It, it's just like, kind of in his
0: lifeblood of like six years before it goes out the door. Yeah. It seems
1: it's a very wise choice, honestly, because that bourbon at six years old is going to be well matured. Yeah, it's ready at six years old. Sometimes a four-year-old bourbon's not quite ready. Yeah, it's not quite what you wanted it to be. I know when I've gone out as a consumer and and purchased a newer brand or something like that, knowing that it's four year old juice and I've had thoughts sometimes when it's like, Ooh, I wish they would have waited just another year or another couple years on this. Yeah. And that's the situation that we completely wanted to avoid with the origin series and releasing at six years. I think we hit the nail on the head was being able to do that, um, we've, extended this line out to a rye that we'll be trying next. And then we have another line that I had not mentioned yet, but the discovery series. So we'll be finishing up with that as well. Okay, Very cool.
2: So your price points on the origin series are that $45 range?
1: 45 to 50 uh, with the bourbons. Uh, we're okay. going to be moving to a rye whiskey next. That's closer to that $70 mark. Okay. But uh, gotcha. To uh, I'll explain why there's a part of the process with our rye whiskey that um, actually I think warrants a bit of a higher price point.
0: It's a it's really smart for you guys to wait to six years, especially and then also uh, make it known that this is your distillate. This is what's coming because there's a lot of brands that will release at that four year mark. And, you know, sometimes consumers get stuck in the mindset of, uh, I, I can't have anything from this brand unless I try it before I buy it. Like, I don't want this single, single barrel because I've been burned by two others before. Exactly. And yeah. they just sat on my shelf forever. So that's a really smart thing. And you guys have done a great job of distinguishing lines and, uh, and, and just uh, the names of your whiskeys to... Be as transparent as possible. Like the Origin series came out and everybody knew because of the press releases and everything that it was talked about is this is their product. You know, the Fusion series was very upfront about where everything was coming from. So is the Discovery series. And uh, it's something commendable. That's a a breath of fresh air in this industry.
1: Transparent and innovative approach, right? So, uh, so those are our three pillars. Yeah. That so we
0: what with. were you guys the first to do?
1: <laughs> Everyone was the
2: first to do something. Some of them are lying. Some of them are just saying it, but whatever. You, you well, I'd say the
1: transparency piece is probably a big key I would I agree a that. To, to, yeah. to put the... And in, in some cases with some of our discovery series, there's been so many things in the blends. It's a, It looks like a spreadsheet on the side of the bottle. But <laughs> yeah. being... That transparent about what you are consuming, yeah. I think was something that we were um, kind of the forerunners with. If uh, if we're going to be talking about it first, I'm sure somebody out there put their mash bill on the label at some point in time. Sure. Uh, but
0: Bardstown Bourbon Company is, has really been the first to appease the whiskey nerds with
1: transparency,
0: and sometimes to the point of fault because i've heard people grab or put back a discovery series because they're like oh i don't like the i don't like the tennessee portion and it's like have you tasted it yeah are you you willing to uh trust their blending because well uh that's one of the things that you guys do the best is blending
1: yeah it's the art of blending right it's um it's not just Dumping some barrels in a cistern and then hoping it comes out great at the end. It's lots of trial, lots of tasting, and making sure that things are balanced too. Yeah. we're not just letting our palate decide that.: Yeah, we're running through them through uh, a spectrometer and making sure that the pH is right and everything like every single aspect of producing bourbon at Bardstown Bourbon Company is going to be a modern approach. Yeah. So a full-blown lab, we're testing the bourbons from fermentation all the way to even doing uh, single barrel picks. Yeah. So you're going, when you come to the distillery to do a single barrel pick, you're going to see that spectral analysis of the bourbon. You're going to be able to see where it's high in syringe aldehydes or for, for all or vanillin and which these
0: all, are not chemicals they're dumping in them. They, these are chemicals that are innately in a
1: whiskey, correct? They're, they're known as whiskey lactones. Yeah. So, yes, it is a part of the uh, distilling process. Part of the, yep. yes, the, the part of the flavor profile of a, fermented and distilled wood aged spirit are those yeah. chemical compounds. Yeah.
0: So, uh, real quick on the origin series stuff, mm-hmm. are these shelf staples and will you, so of course they're batched products, mm-hmm. but is each batch going to be different from one another or are you going to be able to expect the same general flavor profile on, on You should on be the, able
1: to expect consistency across the board with these. Yeah. It's always going to be six years old. It's always going to be the same mash. Yeah. So, so this uh, is a 95.5. A 95.5, uh,
0: six year. So, in wood And by uh, yeah. 95.5, we're, we're still talking Bardstown Bourbon Company, not yes. the MGP 95.5. Right, 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 right. Right, but when you go back about, and think
1: about, let's, let's think about who, who does rye best. Yeah. And this is a nod to Indiana Rye. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm because 95.5 done in, in that MGP, that Lawrenceburg fashion, is some of the best rye whiskey that you're gonna have on the planet, right? So we said, okay, we're not gonna reinvent the wheel. Let's do an Eastern style rye whiskey, but let's do it the Bartstown way. Yeah. And so we started a relationship with the West Virginia Great Barrel Company for this product, and we've done a collaboration with them as well that we actually used in MGP, Ryan, called the West Virginia Great Barrel Company Yeah, I remember seeing that come out. Right? So this rye whiskey, we had them make us barrels that are split stave barrels. So, and we, we have nicknamed them zebra barrels. By split stave, I mean for every one stave of American oak, there's two staves of American cherry Uh, Cherrywood was picked because cherrywood is the indigenous tree of West Virginia. Oh. So we wanted to have a nod to West Virginia as its origin and kind of build that into our origin series. Yeah. So this is going to, these barrels are going to definitely change the dynamic of a rye whiskey that you're used to. With rye whiskeys, a lot of time you're going to taste a, some some herbaceousness right some dill um and then you're going to get a lot of that black pepper spice that tannin that's on the tongue um i i I tend to think more of kind of ginger spice for a lot of rye whiskeys but when you secondary age and it's not a long time that these are secondary age to anywhere between 6 and 16 weeks that this sits in the secondary barrel but The barrels are infrared toasted. They're not charred. So you're not destroying any of those wood sugars in those barrels. I was about to say that. It smells
0: and tastes toasted. Yes. Yes, Yeah,
1: absolutely. And you're going to get now it's you're going to replace that black pepper and ginger with more of a baking spice or brown spice, which I know is kind of a generic term. You definitely get nutmeg and allspice, right? Totally. Coming out of this. And then it also kind of feathers in a little bit more of a dried fruit component to this and and, or even baked fruits like I almost get cherry pie mm. it's it, it's maybe without the crust but that cherry pie feeling filling i uh, definitely get that yeah, yeah absolutely on in the mid palate which is definitely sure. not a normal nut you would get out of a rye no that is yeah. all due to those secondary aging barrels yeah for sure. oh amazing. and
0: uh I mean, if this didn't say it was a 95.5, I would not be able to tell you that it was. It, it drinks so much sweeter. And I've had higher age 95.5s, but they still carry that medicinal, that dill quality. Uh, sometimes eucalyptus type spice on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this drinks, I mean, it's still characteristically a rye. But it has so, like on the front palate, it has so many of those toasted notes that I associate with like marshmallows and vanilla. And then it gets into some of those baking spices rather than some of the more harsh cooking spices. I agree. Yeah. And I, I
2: mean, I think we've come to this pretty well across the board now. It's, it's Again, it's very balanced. Mm-hmm. It's got the sweetness. It's got the spice. It's got a little bit of everything going, but it's not leaning heavily in any one direction, mm-hmm.
1: which I enjoy. So. Absolutely. And I like to talk to people about this when I'm doing tastings and things like that out in the market. When they, you undoubtedly have somebody that comes up to your table and says, when you're at a whiskey festival and says, oh, I'll pass on that one. I don't yeah. like rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. I only like bourbon. Yeah. Yep. Well, hey, let's let's do a little experiment. And yeah. You say you don't love rye, rye whiskey. Yeah. Do a blind and Let's, see what you think. Yeah, You're going to try something. I'm going to mix these glasses up. You're going to try this. And every time they pick the rye, and it's because of that secondary yep. barrel, that yep. finishing barrel really cuts away some of those characteristics that some people don't like about rye whiskey yep. and turns it more into a bourbon drinker's rye.
0: Definitely, yeah. Well, in the the new age of rye is showing through to more along that same concept that you're talking about. Um, You have stuff like this coming out that's proud to be a 95.5 that is in in those infrared toasted barrels with cherry wood in it. And that's turning um, non-rye drinkers into rye drinkers. And that's kind of, it seems like every big brand today is playing around with. How do we do a rye that everybody's going to enjoy and how do we kind of put a stop on that rye hate? I mean, we saw it with Jack Daniel's in 2020. People didn't really like that heritage release at least when it first hit the shelves and then people tried it and were like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> Jack Daniel's barrel proof rye is what we need." And then and they released it again this year as a twice barreled thing at 100 proof and it's still good very delicious Um, yeah but even uh uh, across other brands like barrel barrel came out with seagrass and people originally weren't about it because it said rye and i love that bottle um the only reason i picked it up because it went double gold at san francisco and uh then fred minnick i think it was last year the year before like Pumped it up as one of his whiskeys of the year, and everyone's like, oh, oh I, I like rye it. now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a rye nut, though, so it doesn't take much for me to try a rye or pick up so a rye.
2: is this one you <laughs> said Discovery Series?
1: Nope, that is part of the Origins. Origin,
0: okay. Yep.
2: So you're looking at, again, 70 bucks. $70, yep. So that, I mean, a good example. We really like this. It's, it's very enjoyable. Barrel Seagrass, we really like it. It's very enjoyable. Barrel's going to cost you ninety to a hundred bucks. Yeah, this is already going to be twenty to thirty dollars cheaper. It'd be a good way to try but, it. But I
0: promise you, this is a rye that if you like bourbons at all, You'll you're going to be able to enjoy. I
2: agree, wholeheartedly. It, it,
0: there is nothing challenging about this. There's a lot of ryes that are even mildly allocated, like a Willet rye, that people will get, and they're like the too medicinal for me. Yeah, it is medicinal. Yeah, it just is. I enjoy it for that. Right. But uh. This one, you will be able to have a home for it on your bar and, yeah. no, and no issues. It'd be great in a cocktail. It's great as a neat pour or put it over rice.
2: Well, and, and if you're a distillery great. trying to figure out how to make your rice taste better, zebra barrels. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you know, it's, it's the, the product of innovation, right? And Absolutely. That's one of our pillars. Well, I mean,
2: uh, it, I mean, bottom line is this is a distilled product. Nothing new under the sun. So what kind of things can you do to change it up, to play the game, to figure out some new things? And by using those different staves in it, doing different things, it just intrigues people more to try it. I think it's it's an amazing idea, man.
1: Thank you. Thank you. We've been working on that. I uh, want to then uh, finish up with the Discovery Series. So this is actually going back. We're getting ready to release... Uh, discovery number 11 okay. which is we're very proud of we don't have any of it in market yet so I couldn't bring it with me but discovery number 11 is the first time that we included Bardstown bourbon company matcher it in the wow. Mashville blend um, so we'll have some of our seven year product in that blend uh, absolutely amazing stuff is uh, that seven year product that we blended into that discovery had a French oak finish on it okay. so much like this West Virginia thing some innovation involved there in that seven-year product. Going back to this one that we're trying today, this is discovery number nine. And this is a celebration of North American whiskey. So on the side of the label, you guys can read, we have some bourbon in here from Georgia. We have a, and that's an eight-year, we have a 12-year-old bourbon from Kentucky, a 17-year-old bourbon from Tennessee, and a 12-year-old 100% corn whiskey From Ontario, Canada. Wow. So absolutely beautiful North American. Do you know or are you able to disclose where those came from? You know what? I I, I shouldn't talk about that. No worries. Uh, No worries. uh,
2: You can't. I got to ask those questions, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, For multiple reasons. Um, I know with... uh, uh, NDPs. And also, I don't really want to tell you where they're from because I want you to... Form your own opinion. Sure. Sometimes, where you say, if you if I would say that that twelve year old came from X distillery, you're already going to form an opinion. Yeah, if that's, I told that's you a exactly where that seventeen year old Tennessee. That's a good point. Came from. Take a know, guess. Uh, yeah. You're going to say, oh, this uh, automatically it tastes like Flintstone vitamins. But it, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing but is,
0: is there are some distilleries that when they do source out, they don't want you to say it all and.
2: Oh, my God, that's delicious.
0: Speaking of Cascade Hollow, and this they is, don't want you to say,
1: right? Yeah. This is going to scratch oh. you guys' itch for that higher proof, too, because this one came at, in at 112.5. Oh, so that's. we bottle all the Discovery Series at batch proof, so whatever the blend comes out to. But uh, really gorgeous. That is beautiful. This is the art of blending in a bottle right here.
0: And the uh, oh, Discovery Series does typically garner a higher price tag, but I will tell you it's worth it.
2: That is freaking delicious. There is
0: no other place where you're going to get um, distillate from so many places in a bottle. With that and, age uh, on all of them. I mean, a Georgia distillery, I couldn't even name you one Georgia <laughs> distillery, but the fact that it's in here in, how old did you say it was? Eight, it's years. An eight year. Eight yeah. yeah. I don't know any Georgia distilleries, but that is fantastic. It's super fun, right? And, it is uh, delicious.
1: So, you know, it just goes to show, like when you're blending whiskeys like that, it's all about your flavor profile that you're looking for. You're not just looking for age to put in a bottle, right? You're looking for what are these graceful components of each of these bourbons that are going to lend to the other bourbon that's in the blend, right? Yeah, and you're just gonna continuously look for something that's gonna elevate the other, totally. And that's that's our goal with uh, discovery series is to be able to procure whiskeys that can blend well together and elevate each other.
0: So, uh, wow, we've talked a lot about the whiskeys on the table. Is there any upcoming releases that you should that you are one able to talk about and two could? Tell people, like, hey, this is something you you probably want to get your hands on.
1: Absolutely. Uh, our, so for the Green River Distillery, we're going to be releasing our rye whiskey, um, So which is also a 95.5 rye. Yeah. Uh, it will be bottled at 90 proof as well. Uh, that will be released early 2024. Uh, we have a new collaboration coming out alongside the Discovery 11 uh, this month. For Bardstown Bourbon Company, it's a collaboration we did with Goose Island Brewing Company. Okay. So we used some of their Bourbon uh, uh, County Stout Barrels. Sweet. Uh, so is that true. the same as last year's Stout Barrel? Similar? It's
2: not. Because well, last year's Stout Barrel was freaking delicious. It was really good. A, we had a customer buy it for him and I for, yeah. I think it was our one-year anniversary. It was. And it was Delicious, absolutely
1: delicious. That was a collaboration that we did with Founders Brewing. Founders, that's right. Okay. That was Founders, who yeah. does the Kentucky bourbon stout. Yeah, they yeah. also have the Kentucky breakfast stout, right? The Canadian breakfast stout. CBS is one these, of my favorites. There's all ever. these different iterations, right? And yep. Goose Island does similar stuff, right? So,
2: probably even the, at least now, a way bigger scale than what Founders is doing because they, they got bought out and
1: they don't do any of the like CBS special releases and stuff anymore, so. Sure, and Goose Island has a lot of autonomy when it comes to what they're doing with their stout releases. And, you know, of course, Black Friday's a big deal for them for releasing their newest editions of the Bourbon County Stout. So um, let's look forward to doing some really cool events on you know on or around Black Friday this year yeah. in conjunction with. So
0: you're telling us that there is a Goose Island Bardstown Stout coming out. Uh, this
1: is the by, by so Black it's Friday? a collaboration yeah. that is going to be here very soon. So it's a blend of a couple of different Kentucky straight bourbons that were finished in. Goose Islands Bourbon County Stout Barrels. So, should we be looking at those on the shelves very Um, soon? They will be here very, very soon. So, uh, quite literally on the truck.
2: Is that one that we can get in here? Absolutely. Yes. 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 Because there's a few of these I'd like to bring in. And um, I mean, if you want to come in and do it, we could do some kind of a tasting event or something anytime. Sounds like a party. It could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Do either not not on Black Friday, but maybe somewhere around the holiday season. Shoot, we're open for Black Friday. Go and to do Black Friday? We'll do it. Yeah. Let's get you signed in right now, buddy. I'd yeah. be, Don't you do it live. Yeah. Mall, that's for sure.
0: Well, and there's a lot of people that are trying to avoid their family on Black Friday, so it, oh. it, it might work well for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so
1: yeah, those two are um, those are going to be shelf items that are coming out at Discovery Eleven and the Goose Island Bourbon County Stout. If you if you're going to the distillery. We have a distillery-only release from Carter Sellers uh, Napa Good. Valley Winery. Uh, so it's a uh, Cabernet barrel-finished nice. bourbon that is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, very small amount of barrels that we were able to procure, so that's why it's a distillery-only release. Uh, we also have a small amount of a collaboration that we did with Omaro Nanino, Okay. Ooh. So an Amaro finish bourbon. Yeah. That's wow. super unique. And um, kind of along that same vein as that triple stay finish that you gotcha. really liked. Yeah. Or if any of you were um, lucky enough to be able to get your hands on a bottle of the uh, Copper and Kings Double Mistel collaboration that we did, mm. which was a really small two barrel um, collaboration that we did that was a distillery only release. But Uh, A Mistel is a French aperitif that was then barrel aged, and then we used those barrels to age uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon. We actually did it twice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Tasted like uh, s'mores. It had like this really cool, like graham cracker and toasted marshmallow thing on it. Um, But the Carter Cellars is absolutely uh, beautiful, really leached a lot of those. Cytannins from the red wine, so it's got this really rich, dark, deep red. So, how does that compare to, to the Pfeiffer Pavitt?
0: Because um, <laughs> that was one of the first things the that first. I had ever tried mm-hmm. from Bardstown Bourbon Company, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, I got to put them on my radar." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, granted, yeah. that was an expensive bottle, and the other thing is, is there's no way to ever do a Pfeiffer Pavitt again. I don't think.
1: Well in the future there will be so um regretfully pfeiffer pavitt michelle pfeiffer pavitt's winery was um part of it was consumed by the camp wildfire yeah that happened a couple years back in uh, that uh, calistoga region and, um, so they're in the process of rebuild and regrowth and things like that. So that'll be on hiatus for a while. We have a wonderful relationship, uh, with, excuse me, I said, Michelle, her name's Suzanne Pfeiffer-Pavitt. Um, my apologies, Suzanne. <laughs> She's um, not listening. I can promise you that. Roll Pfeiffer. But, uh, but um. Michelle Pfeiffer, my uh, baby. <laughs> right? uh, maybe my head was elsewhere. Sorry. Um, but, uh yeah, we have a wonderful relationship with Suzanne and we will more likely than not do another collaboration with her in her winery. Um, uh, But as we continue on, like we've lined up tons and tons of different um, experiments and partnerships and collaborations. Cool. So we have tons of collaborations that are just in the process of aging right now. Wonderful. And, um, I've mentioned all the ones that I am allowed can. to, yeah. yeah, right. You know, uh, at, at this point.
2: So those releases you just talked about are those going
1: to be coming out through the holidays coming up, or o- so D- they'll be here before uh, the holidays for okay. sure. Okay, um, quite literally, the Discovery Eleven and the Goose Island collab should be in the market here in Indy within the next. it Could be forty-eight
2: hours. Oh shoot! Okay, They're
1: quite literally on
2: the truck. I need to get those on order. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk before we get off sure. out here. Sure.
1: <laughs> sure. It might be a little too soon to place the order. I don't yeah, want yeah. you to get put on a whole back order scenario, but we'll get it. We'll get it worked. Out. Okay. Um,
2: but well, yeah. please, please stay on your distributor on that. Cause I want to get those. We'll get it. We won't throw anybody under the bus. <clears throat> we'll get it all taken care of. We usually do throw them under the bus. <laughs> We're not going to. <laughs> not with a no, rep no. on the show. No, 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 we my, won't did, do that. my
1: distributor partner is a wonderful distributor. Good,
2: good. Well, I'm excited to get some more of these in here and yeah. let people try some of this stuff. So
0: seriously, the origin series is worth seeking out. They're, um, Readily available. I've seen them a lot at Total Wines around in the area. Yep. And
2: Market District's a, been doing a lot more district. with them. Yep. Uh, yep.
0: They are easy to get your hands on if you've ever been to a liquor store in the area for the most part and uh, totally worth your money. There's a lot in this, uh, I'd say, 40 to $70 price range right now that should not be in that price range, but for sure. But thank you for being in the price range. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure, these are worth your while, worth the pickup. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to be disappointed by them. No. And then that, like like the founder's release,
2: that that's the high end. That's yeah. your high-end, sure, right? The, 140, the collab- 160 range The collaboration
1: series is going to SRP around one fifty nine ninety nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's and what we've seen around here. So that's what I figured. Transparently, that price is so high because it's a source juice, but also there's that finishing process yeah. that yeah, yeah. comes into play. 100%. Um, most of those are more of a labor of love than a profitability standpoint. Sure. Uh, the Discovery series is kind of the same way. Source juice is harder and harder to come by. Now that we're able to feather some of our juice in there, they're going to be a little bit easier for us to Good. be able to produce. Um, but the Origin Series and Green River Distilling Company lineup, you know, those prices are all about transparency. We don't yeah. want to try to inflate the price on our bourbon just because we think it. This is what the bourbon is worth.
2: Yeah, and that's, and that's a really nice thing to say because we've talked about that a lot on the show where there are distilleries out there, and we won't name names that have that are not big new distill are not big distilleries. They're newer distilleries that are throwing out stuff at one hundred and fifty, three hundred dollars, and it's like, what, what, what the You know, you have you have no stance in this. You have to be throwing stuff out like that, yeah. And they're doing it, and f- for our opinion is. They're just going to stab themselves in the foot because eventually people are going to go, I'm, st- I'm going to stop buying your crap and I'm going to start buying this for a fraction of the price and it's a better product. So, yeah. you know, good for you guys on that, too. So. Totally. Well, thank you. Well, cool, man. Well, I think we're about done here. So yeah, we can thank you again for bringing everything out and sharing with us and enjoying a cigar with us. Cheers, yeah. Thanks this for is having us. This is a lot of guys. fun. This is amazing. Um, where can people follow you on Instagram or Facebook or where on all the socials?
1: Uh, so Bartstown Bourbon Co., uh, to follow the distillery. I'm whiskey underscore Sean. Uh, and I just announce local events and uh, releases and things of that nature.
2: That's a good thing because that way our people can can come out to some of your tasting events. Awesome. So Absolutely. you can follow me on Instagram at Final Third Cigar. You can find me on Instagram at the Whiskey Pastor. Thanks a lot for coming in, guys. Again, coming in. I wouldn't say that crap. You do I? say coming in. Thanks in. for checking us out and we will see you guys soon. Cheers.
1: Cheers.